The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PricePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast NBA edition, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, November 24th, 12-10 on the East Coast. And joining me as usual on Wednesday to break down the NBA player props, it's Scott Reichel, the man that does it on and off the court for SGPN and also his own radio show. Definitely tune into his own radio show. But Scott, it's... uh. We're the day before Thanksgiving. I feel like you and I are the guys that are only going to be like working like tomorrow too when everybody else is taking the day off. <laughs> I don't think there's been a Thanksgiving since I joined the industry where I haven't been working in some capacity, whether yeah. it involved videos or writing articles or whatever. So I'm going to have the turkey first, you know, priorities. I'm going to yeah. end up watching some of the football and then I'll probably be doing some work at night. But it's more or less just the actual... I'd say concept of Thanksgiving for me, which is the important thing, which is the midweek feasting, uh, just sports entertainment extravaganza. That's really all I'm looking for. In addition to the NFL, you also have the college basketball games going on in some of those tournaments. So I'll be busy. I'll be having a good time. What about you? Yeah, likewise. I got a couple of um, get-togethers with with some family, but definitely we'll be keeping an eye on the scores and – like you probably putting in some work on uh, Thursday evening to get ready for Friday. Cause I know you will be joining me on the NBA gambling podcast on Friday. So um, yeah, sports, sports and more sports, man. How's, how's your betting going this week so far? So far pretty well. Uh, I know that yesterday I actually am going to owe a player an apology because last time oh. I was on the show, I was roasting Russell Westbrook for uh. playing poorly and for the Lakers struggles that really hasn't changed much, but I had Westbrook triple double yesterday at three to one. So now we're cool. I feel like they're starting to listen to our pods, whether it's post or whether it's live, <laughs> because I feel like that's happened a couple of times with me also, but uh, yeah, Lakers last night, they, uh, they lost the game by six points. Uh, they lost. I won. 
Yeah, so, you won. Yeah. You won. You got your your three to one Westbrook triple double prop. But the Lakers lost last night in New York in Madison Square Garden without LeBron. Hopefully, LeBron is back tonight for you, Laker fans. But um, going around the league, uh, Scott, anything that's sticking out to you? I know we kind of try to cover this week to week when you're on with me for the propcast. But anything sticking out? Well, I've been trying to look for some award props uh, mm-hmm. just in general because. I feel like it's a good time to find value because even though you can get a good grip on who's going to be a finalist for an award, the odds makers seem to be a little bit slow to adjust the prices at this stage in the season. So with the exception of the sixth man of the year award, which is just the Tyler hero show, because he just ran away with the thing in the first week of the season. (laughs) And now he's about even money or even minus in some spots to win the award. Barring injury, he's going to coast, but everyone else for every other award, I still see a lot of value around. I know that people love Billy Donovan for potential coach of the year. I'd look at Steve Kerr. He's still around six to one. I have no idea how he's six to one because Clay Thompson's not even back yet. And the Warriors are crushing teams. So I'd assume that if the Warriors end up finishing a top two seed with no clay for about half the year, I'll take six to one all day, every day. Yeah. So that's, that's like one example I've been looking for. Most improved always is always tricky because you have a couple of guys who really put their game to another level and injuries can always play a factor. But I know Morant's the big favorite as the favorite at around three to one. I don't mind that because even though the Grizzlies have been inconsistent, Morant has been very consistent. He's been very like I good. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to let you finish. Um, I don't, I don't even know where you thought I was going with this. So I'll let you th- I'll let you tell me what you think I was going to say. I feel like Jordan Poole at 28 to one with the way he's been playing, but now that that may get hindered because clay is supposed to be back for like sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. but at 28 to one, he's been playing pretty well for the warriors. I mean, he's been outside of Steph Curry. I think he's been one of the other guys on this team. That's been absolutely like playing out of his mind. And for him to be at 28 to one, uh, that kind of sticks out to me, but I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you there. Well, I think that it does stick out, but of course, if he's going to win the award, just based on media reputation, Morant kind of has to get injured because they're going to give it to him if he plays the majority of the season. But the two that really jumped off to me were uh, Steve Kerr, uh, just to win coach of the year, because six to one is crazy. I mean, they have the best record in the league. Uh, I feel like if Golden State finishes a top two seed, with the fact that Clay wasn't there, you have the narrative built in. This team's been great offensively and defensively. I think he'll win the award. So I like Steve Kerr there. And the other one I'm looking at is the – they should just name the award after him at this point, but it's Rudy Gobert to win Defensive Player of the Year because <laughs> I said going into the season, nobody's going to beat him. Yeah. And the only person who you thought had a shot last year was Ben Simmons, and he's not playing. So you can go through Anthony Davis at around 6-1. to one. Uh, at a bio Draymond around seven to one, but Gobert's about plus two thirty, give or take. Mm-hmm. Who's going to beat him? It, it, it's he's a regular season defensive god, yeah, and nobody's ever close to him. Plus two twenty. What are you serious? Was this like three out of the four last or three out of the last four years he's wanted? I think it's been what three straight or two straight he's wanted. Yeah, because right? all all of the great uh, analytics will tell you that he's one of the best post-defensive players since, I don't know, Bill Russell. And I feel like everyone votes for him anyway. The playoffs are a separate story, but that doesn't factor into this award. But you have the same conversation every year. And last year, people were making a bit of a push for Ben Simmons 
because yeah. he's this perimeter defender who can really put the clamps down mm-hmm. with him not being around. Anthony Davis is the second favorite because he also blocks shots, puts up a bunch of numbers, but he's been battling so many random injuries or ailments or even just sicknesses that I don't yeah. think he's going to play the whole year. Gobert has been durable. He's been great defensively this year. What else is new? And if you're going to give me plus money, especially in the plus two hundreds, how do I not grab a piece of that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we don't need to go through his resume because like you said, he is the defensive God during the regular season. I want to throw one name at you. Uh, it's a very long shot, but obviously we know he's not going to win. And, and, you know, he's, his name has kind of been circulating on the Twitter sphere. That's Alex Caruso at 80 to one. And if you actually watch some of these Chicago bulls games, I mean, I know they have Lonzo ball there at 60 to one, but Caruso has been pretty damn good on the defensive side. I mean, the numbers, the numbers may not stick out for him, but I think that 80 to one for Caruso, I mean, he's not going to win it, but I think if you wanted a long shot, I think that's one name that I would throw out there was be uh, AC. I definitely know where you're coming from because yeah. I was actually looking up his price about a week or a week or two ago. Yeah. If it was a fan vote, I would put a little bit of money on it because yeah. the fans would vote for him for the memes. But for me, I feel like Caruso is still a guy who I know is starting now. I'm not sure if he's going to start the whole year. I'm assuming that he will probably be rotating between the starter and the bench role, but I'm just looking at the main guys and I feel like barring injury, it's going to be either Gobert, maybe at an Adebayo because he's great defensively as well or a Draymond, but you don't really get many I would say role players who get the nomination over the last couple of years. I know in the past that was the case. Get Tony Allen, who was in the running for a couple of years, stuff like that. But for the most part, you usually pick a star player who's an all-star and everything like that. So I'm looking at Gobert, but I definitely understand 80 to one does seem a bit high. The issue is, are we sure Caruso is going to put up enough stats to fully earn that award? Because we know he's a great defensive player, but unless you're you're stacking up steals and blocks mm-hmm. by a large quantity, yeah, people might overlook you, and that's kind of what's happening with Caruso. But Gobert just walks into three blocks a game, a steal and a half. Per, it's just ridiculous the numbers that he puts up. You know, yeah. One more name I want to throw at you for either rookie of the year or even defensive player of the year, and but now he's injured right now. Is Evan Mobley? I mean, when this guy was on the court before he got injured, he was a menace on the defensive end of the basketball. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, currently seeing his number at 150 to one for defensive player of the year and the rookie of the year. Would you grab a three to one right now? Or do you think that's too short? I know he's injured, but three to one, maybe a, a, a little bit on there. Well, I was going to say it's pretty tricky when you don't exactly know when the player you want to bet on is coming back. Yeah. So I would wait until he's about to come back because these odds are only going to go up. Right. Whether you take it now or you take it a month from now, it's not going to go down. I can guarantee you that. So as of right now, looking at the actual Rookie of the Year award, I find the race fascinating Mm -hmm. because Cade's been pushed now to basically a co-favorite based on how he's played the last couple of uh, games. Unfortunately for me, I used him yesterday in DFS, and he did absolutely nothing. But uh, Scotty Bard's been very good. Mm -hmm. He's made me some money this season. But do you think Cade should be the co-favorite because he's been good for about – what five games like seven games and he's already favorites Barnes has definitely been better so far this season and Cade is a guy who will put up good numbers 
maybe not necessarily with points, but he's the kind of guy who'll give you 15, 8, and 7. Yeah. He can kind of give you that any given night. The issue is the shooting. Because so far this season, he's been a mess when it comes to his actual shot. I get that he's the the number one overall pick, and you're going to try to push the narrative. I think the fact that he's a co-favorite already is insulting to Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I think definitely uh, I agree with you that Scotty Barnes should be the odds-on favorite to win this award. Um, Cade, yeah, he's only shooting 34% from the field in 12 games. I mean, averaging about five of about five of 14, five of 15 from the field. He's shooting 24% from the three-point land. Um, the assist and rebounds are there for Cade, but I just don't think that he's only played 12 games. I think, yeah, I agree with you that this is that Scotty Barnes should be the odds-on favorite. Evan Mobley right there as uh, <clears throat> the second uh, favorite after those two guys. Jalen Green has not done anything this season. Um, he's had like a couple good games, but the Rockets have bigger problems uh, outside of Jalen Green right now. But yeah, for me right now, if the season ended right now, it's probably Scotty Barnes who wins this award, no? I think it has to be. You're yeah. looking at what Barnes has done with Toronto, and he's been extremely consistent. Now, are the stat lines crazy? Is he putting up 30 and 15? No. But if he walks into an impressive 18, 9, and 4, I mean, that's good enough to win an award most years. Yeah. Yeah, and both, and then this award is mostly based on stats anyway. So I think, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, Scotty Barnes, um, yeah, definitely should be the favorite. Cade, I don't I, I think yeah. Cade's got a shot to win because yeah. people are going to look at him and overrate everything he does because he's the number one overall pick and they yeah. want him to be a savior in Detroit. Yeah. But from what I've seen so far, I get he had a triple-double against the Lakers, you know, respect to that. But there's so many games where he'll put up single-digit points and the stats just don't look great at the end. And I get that if you want to overrate all the good performances, but you got to try to view it unbiasedly and take the good with the bad. There's been a lot of bad with Cade this season. Yeah, it really has. And again, he only has 12 games under his belt too, so I just don't see why he should be odds-on favorite right now. One more guy that I did want to get to the rookie of the year market – Franz Wagner for the Orlando Magic. I think he's been pretty good this season for uh, the Magic so far. He's averaging, what, 12.4 points per game here, um, shooting about 42% from the field. He also killed R.J. Barrett, but that's a separate story. <laughs> that was a sick poster dunk I did not see coming. Yeah, that, that yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe the stats aren't there for him, but I thought he's been pretty solid for the Orlando Magic. I mean, at, at what's his number right now? I see a 28 to 30 to one on him, but... Yeah, he's better well, than I thought he was going to be. Let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah, 100%. Uh, anything else you want to get to, Scott? Anything else around the league or awards that you that kind of stick out to you? Uh, well, just going through the actual league up to this point, I feel like even though we talked about it with the Coach of the Year discussion, mm-hmm. I got to just hammer it home. The Warriors are so damn good, and it's really just kind of crazy to think of. I know both of us liked the over on their win total when we ended up doing the uh, the Western Conference win total breakdown. Yeah, 15-2 and without Clay was definitely not in my, I'd say, vision when it came to uh, expecting the Warriors to do well. They are just so dominant, and I know that you can make an argument that on the inside they need another body, which is definitely true. But besides the fact that Clay is hopefully going to look anywhere near as good as he was previously, still jury's out on that, but I do think that he'll provide a spark. Steph Curry is just, I feel like he's getting better, which yeah. makes no sense, <laughs> but nobody can stop him. The spacing's crazy. 
I, I had money on the Golden State Warriors against the Cavaliers about a week ago in that crazy fourth quarter 36 to eight game, yeah, which was just unbelievable to watch. But I'm going through the West. The Lakers are a team that I actually thought about betting to miss the playoffs. Like that's how far off they've fallen. I really thought about it. Okay. And if I could find a great price over five to one, I'll probably put something on it because I do think they might blow up half the team at the trade deadline if they can, because yeah. it's not pretty. But the point is a lot of open real estate in the West. And we talked about it last time with the Suns flying under the radar. Mm. I do think that the Warriors and the Suns might be on a collision course, the Western Conference title game or title series, because the Lakers right now, I don't want anything to do with them. I see a plus 450 uh, on the Lakers right now to miss the players. Uh, sorry, miss the playoffs over on DraftKings right now. Do you now, think I'm so. going a little bit nuts there? Because I feel like that's a decent bet based on what I've seen so far and the fact that even if you end up a seven or an eight seed, yeah. you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs anymore. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that point that you have to go through the play-in tournament. I don't think you're crazy for it. I think that this team still has a lot to figure out. I think I was watching this Lakers game yesterday and even like they're the bad. guys. Yeah, they're, they're very, very bad. They're bad. And even uh, I think the Lakers broadcaster said that, or, or, or if it was TNT, I forgot which one it was, but they were talking about, they talked to Frank Vogel before the game and he said that he still figure out like which lineups to use and utilize on the court that they've been so bad that he hasn't had that opportunity to figure out which players are meshing with which players because everybody's just playing so bad. So I don't fault you for it. I mean, I called it last year, even when, I mean, it was with injuries that Lakers were going to get bounced in the first round. Last well, that's year, why but... they could also miss the playoffs this year because yeah. you've already had LeBron miss some time with the injuries. Yeah. ED has been playing technically. I'm not really sure what physical elements he goes through, but it's at least seven per game and you're going at Westbrook and, the truth is you might actually want Westbrook on the court based on his plus minus and how he's played late in games. So it's a marriage made in hell. The supporting cast isn't very good. They can't guard new one. Yeah. And on top of that, the shooting is non-existent. So if you think the team that is currently, uh, I'd say constructed is best case scenario playing like a six seed, if that maybe even worse plus four fifty definitely seems to be worth my time. I don't put in the card before the horse here, but let's just say the Lakers do miss the playoffs this year. What, like what happens in LA then? What happens? Yeah. Like what, like where does like, where's LeBron's mindset at that point? Like I've missed, I, I've got bounced last year by the Phoenix Suns in the first round. And let's just say this year, they don't make the playoffs. What happens to that roster? Like Frank Vogel will be gone for sure. But what do you do? What do you think they do with the roster at that point? The mindset, uh, LeBron going to going a couple Dodger games during the off season. No, but <laughs> but what what's the? Th I don't really know. I mean, like because, for like next season. I no, I, I get what yeah. you mean. The thing is, is that LeBron. I know he's still a very good player. He's not the guy he used to be, which is fine because he's been around for so long, and people expected a, a decline at some point. Yeah. On the court, he's still been good. The issue is that he was known as being this physical freak who just never got injured ever, and he's been injured what, about three times in the last four years? Yeah. The one time he didn't, they won a title. But the point is, is that he's clearly not the same guy that he used to be. I think your team's screwed as long as Westbrook's there. And I know that I said that I was going to be nice because he just cashed me a three-to-one ticket. But <laughs> the spacing is just non-existent when he's on the court. It's crazy. Yeah. And Westbrook, I know, is going to put up big numbers because that's what he does. Yeah. But 
he needs to realize, uh, especially when LeBron's actually playing. Yesterday, LeBron wasn't there. I don't blame him for trying to hold the ball the entire time. But the issue that you run into is that Westbrook makes really, really bad decisions with the basketball all the time, especially in the final two minutes of basketball games. He'll take a bunch of threes. He doesn't make any of them, but he'll take yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. He'll turn the ball over four or five times a game. Yeah. And on top of that, he just doesn't really seem to generate a quality offensive flow for the rest of his teammates. And I feel like that's a serious concern moving forward, but his contract is so bloated. I don't know if you can actually get rid of him or not. I mean, who's going to trade for him at that point if they want him with that big old contract? You trade him like, back to Houston for John Wall. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do. You, yeah. you, you don't have anything. <laughs> so when you talk about what's the next move, you can fire the coach all you want. But when your salary cap, or you know, they're paying the luxury, but still, when you're paying three guys that much money and one of those guys is one of the main problems and you can't move him, yeah. I don't even know if it matters what you do. Your team's kind of just screwed, isn't it? I mean, at that point, I'd like I when this this when this trade initially happened for the Lakers, I think that guys like you and I were like the Lakers are screwed. Like they're gonna so be buddy screwed. healed, and I just thought, why would you not? But you had to make the splashy move because you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, and again, but, that the whole Russell Westbrook from LA part, like you know, fell into that narrative also where they traded for him. But hopefully, they figure it out. I mean. I hope they don't. I don't, I don't want to see the Lakers in the playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry. Did you say hopefully they figure it out? I hope they don't. I, I hope they don't figure it okay. out. <laughs> well, if I'm going to have plus 450, then I hope then they don't I, figure yeah, it out either. Yeah, they, they don't figure it out. But it's kind of to wrap it up here, uh, Scott, the Warriors are still, I mean, you could have got this at 14 to one at the beginning of the season, but they're still seven to one to win the title. And the Lakers are seven to one. I Obviously they proved last week they're good enough to beat the Nets. In yeah. a seven-game series and a five-game series, hell, the series might only go four. Like they'll yeah. they'll kill the Nets. I, I don't think the Nets have much of a shot there matchup-wise. The Warriors are just too good with the off-ball movement. The Nets defensively just had no answers for the entire game. Yeah. So I don't think the Nets are going to beat the Warriors unless Kyrie hypothetically comes back. But you're looking at every other team. I think the only team that would give the Warriors a serious problem would be not even the Lakers. I know that they have the talent, but we just went through all the issues they have. But yeah. I'm going with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is the only team that gives the Warriors a serious problem just because of Giannis yeah. and how the Warriors have nobody who can guard them. And if they have a seven-game series, it's not going to be Phoenix Suns NBA Finals bad where Giannis is walking around with 35 and 17 in like the third quarter. Yeah. But I do think he'll put up some massive numbers because we know the Bucks without Middleton for most of the year struggled. He came back. I know they played Orlando back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. But when you're up 41 at halftime, I think you might have turned a corner. So the Bucks, we know with that backcourt defensively with Holiday could be physical with Curry, force him a little bit off his game. Middleton's a great defensive player as well, yeah. and Giannis is a freak. Yeah. So we, I think Milwaukee could give Golden State problems. Phoenix you can make an argument with, but to be honest, I just think Golden State's a better team, and I think in a seven-game series – they would eventually win that series because they would just play constant switching with Aiton and Aiton would get absolutely torched. So I think that that's where Giannis's versatility comes into play because he can actually guard people on the perimeter. And that's something that Aiton cannot do. It's not his fault. You know, he's doing the best he can, but Giannis is a defensive freak as well. So 
I think the I think the Bucks would give the Warriors a bit of a problem. It would still be a good series. Right. But in terms of every other team in the league, how many of these teams do you think would actually play Golden State probably in a road series because Golden State will probably get home court and beat them four out of seven? I don't see many teams that would do that. Especially in the West, I don't, I don't see it either. Um, <clears throat> I, I Yeah, I don't. I really don't. I mean, Phoenix – Maybe uh, I think you, I think you see my point though. They're going to go yeah. small, and Aiden's going to get killed. Yeah, yeah. I think this again. That, that's why I wanted to bring this up. Is a Warriors at seven to one still? I mean, for the, the way they started, obviously at the beginning of the season, kind of got better odds. But I mean, like we talked about without Clay right now, and without James Wiseman, who knows? They could still make a move for a big body uh, at the trade deadline. So I mean, I would still grab some more seven to one if you can uh, on your uh, on your respective books. Um, yeah, we'll keep going through these markets as, as the uh, season progresses here because it is still a prop betting show, and it, these are still considered prop bets. So I found I found uh, a loophole. Deal with yeah, it. There you go. Yeah, no, these are you know good markets again to uh, to talk about every single week. So I think that we'll add that segment to uh, to this uh, Wednesday show for sure. Uh, Scott, let's take a break here and then we'll get into our player props for tonight's action. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of WinBet Las Vegas to all-night sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users, new users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it up to 200%. If you bet $100, you'll get a free bet of $200. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap has always, always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a bet that you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into this uh, NBA schedule tonight as far as our player props. 13 games on the schedule. Uh, Scott, I will give you the floor first here, sir, uh, for your first player prop for tonight. So for this one, I'm going to be going a little bit against the grain here. I'm going to be fading a player that's been doing really well lately, but it's one aspect of his game, which I think is a bit overrated right now. It's Lamella Ball, and I like him under 20.5 points at minus 118 on FanDuel. 
we know the stat sheets have been crazy lately. A lot of rebounds, a lot of, a lot of assists. However, the points have really not been there, and I feel like this number is a bit too high. Lamelo has scored less than 21 points in four of the last six games. Plus, the Hornets are favored by about eight points. We saw what Orlando looked like without Cole Anthony the last two games, mm-hmm. or if you ended up actually watching that game, I'm sorry for you because that was probably <laughs> a painful experience. But there might be a blowout in this game. Yeah. So I'm not sure if Lamelo's actually going to walk into 35 minutes. There's a good chance Charlotte takes him behind the woodshed early, opens up a 20-point lead, and they coast, which I think is definitely a reasonable game flow for these games. But LaMelo had scored uh, – he played against Orlando earlier this season. He only scored seven points, mm-hmm. didn't really shoot the ball well, so perhaps Orlando with the rim protection with Carter and with Bamba just give him some problems. And Ball has been very selfless with the ball. He's recorded at least eight assists in six of the last seven games. So kind of going back to my first point – he puts up a lot of good numbers. Rozier's been taking a lot more shots. Bridges taking a bunch of shots. Ball's still going to jack some up, but I do think that he's not looking for a shot as much as he was maybe earlier in the year yeah. or last year. Mm-hmm. But I think this number's too high because of potential game flow and the fact that LaMelo has really gone out of his way to get his teammates more involved. Yeah, and if you take a look at this roster, I mean, they have five guys that are averaging double digits, which means, like you said, that other guys are going to have to get their shots also. And, you know, LaMelo Ball being the point guard and distributor on this team, getting his other guys involved, yeah, the points might not be there for him. So he's, you know, stuffing the shot, stuffing the uh, stat sheet as far as rebounds and assists, but the points aren't just, aren't there for him, but which is okay, right? You still have Miles Bridges averaging 21 points, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, like you mentioned. And again, Kelly Oubre, another guy that needs to get up his shots also. So I like They've won play. a bunch of games. So they're playing well. The point is that yeah. LaMelo has kind of given a little bit. Yeah. Where he's still taking a decent amount of shots, but he's not taking as many as he used to because right. he doesn't really need to anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. That He doesn't need to take those shots. Uh, just be the point guard for the team. And who knows? This guy has been getting into foul trouble early, so that might also hinder him not being able to score the basketball uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. So I like that play. For my first one, I'm going to go over to that Phoenix Suns and Cleveland Cavaliers game. I'm going to take DeAndre Ayton, points and rebounds, combination of over 27 and a half. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has been consistently getting over this projection almost every game. Suns ranked number five in uh, points in the paint, and the Cavs ranked number 26 in points in the paint allowed thus far this season. These two teams matched up on October 30th, and Ayton scored uh, 17 points and grabbed 12 rebounds. But over the last two weeks, the Cavs' interior defense is allowing 62% shooting to the center position and also giving up 15.5 rebounds to that center position. So I think DeAndre Aiden, despite them having Jared Allen back, he should still be able to get over this number of points and rebounds of 27 and a half, grab rebounds, grab uh, or have some points inside that paint uh, against this lackluster defense of the Cavs. So I'm taking uh, DeAndre Aiden tonight to have a big night for the uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I think he should as well. Uh, with Mobley being out, that's obviously a huge reason why the paint defense for Cleveland has fallen apart. But even with Allen being a great rim protector, you know Chris Paul, the pick-and-roll master, is just going to get a bunch of switches onto Allen. He's going to draw him away from the basket, and you'll probably have a fair share of opportunities for Eaton against some of the smaller guys on switches. So I don't mind that either. I think he'll have a pretty good night. Let's go to your next one, Scott. What do you got? So I'm going to go with one of the most underrated prop cashing uh, just options all season long. Kyle Kuzma, over seven and a half rebounds at minus 110 on FanDuel. The guy can rebound the ball. And I know that Kuzma was 
hated on by Lakers fans, but he's been very good since going to Washington. And the rebounding numbers have been solid for him because he has been playing a bit of a small power forward role with this team. But he's recorded at least eight rebounds in four of his last five games. The Pelicans are a team that likes to go relatively small. They have Valanchunas as the center. But when you're putting Josh Hart as the power forward, I do think that Kuzma should have some opportunities on the boards because Ingram is a tall, lengthy guy. He's not really a great rebounder for a guy his size. Mm -hmm. So I do think that Kuzma should end up helping on the interior with Valanchunas because Gafford can't do it alone. So I'm assuming Kuzma will crash the boards a little bit more. Plus, New Orleans ranks 26th in offensive efficiency, while Washington ranks 19th. So both these teams aren't very good offensively. Of course, New Orleans is ridiculously bad. But the point is that I do think you'll see a lot of missed shots. Kuzma is just a guy who's been very aggressive on the boards. Seven and a half seems a bit low to me. I saw Kuzma double-double at like plus 250. I don't hate that either. Yeah, I think that I think this was something early on that I was betting on. And for whatever reason, I think there's a couple games that I got away from it. But like, you take a look at his numbers, like you mentioned, over his last three games, 13, 11, 13. But he's averaging, what, 9.4 so far this season. And, you know, he's been on the monster on the board. This guy is 6'9". Um, they don't, again, they still don't have that true inside man. I know they have Daniel Gafford and they have Montrez Harrell, but Kuzma's done a great job of rebounding the basketball for uh, the Washington Wizards. So I don't hate that play, uh, especially if you're getting it at seven and a half. I started seeing price at eight and a half um, just because he was getting over this projection, but it's now back down to seven and a half. So it's down to seven and a half, even though he's had at least eight in each yeah. of the last couple of games. So sure. Yeah, I think, what, five out of the last six games, he's had that, and then seven out of the last, I think, nine he's added. So mm-hmm. um, definitely a rebounding machine for the Washington Wizards. Double-double, uh, 250. I feel like that seems a bit high to me as well. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get, get to his points. Like, he can score the basketball at will. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had, what, double-doubles in two other last three games, so I think you're onto something there, uh, Scott. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to my next one here. I'm going to go with Gary Trent Jr. Over two and a half, three-point shots made. Um, they're going up against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight and the Memphis Grizzlies three-point defense on the season. So far, he ranks dead last in opponent three-point percentage, number 30 in opponent three-point shots made. And opposing teams are jacking up 40-plus attempts per game from behind the three-point line against the Memphis Grizzlies. If we take a look at their three-point defense over the last five games, you would think that there would be improvement, but no, it's still the same. They're still one of the worst defending that three-point line. Um, Gary Trent Jr. this season is shooting about 37% from the three-point line, and he's knocked down at least three three-point shots in five out of the last six games. So I think that should continue tonight for Gary Trent Jr. He's been getting the minutes. Uh, he's getting the attempts, so I don't think that he should have any trouble uh, unless he has obviously a cold shooting night, getting over this two and a half, three point uh, shots made against this Memphis Grizzlies defense. So I'm taking the over two and a half, three point shots made there for Gary Trent. Yeah, the number sounds a bit low. I know that Memphis ended up beating Utah. They still give up a bunch of points. <laughs> this team defensively is still not very good. Yeah. So it's amazing how a victory can change the narrative a little bit because people aren't talking about it. But defensively, this team has been a mess, as you just alluded to. And Gary Trent Jr., guy can shoot the ball. So yeah, I think that's too low. I think that'll definitely put up enough attempts to give you a decent chance of going over. And that's really all I can ask for if you're going to yeah. be taking three-pointers, man. I really like the Raptors team total here tonight also, just because, you know, we talked about how bad this Memphis uh, Grizzlies defense is. So a uh, yeah. little bonus pick for you there. Uh, let's get to your last one, uh, Scott. What do you got? So my last one, I kind of went a little bit 
under the radar here. I'm taking Lou Dort, and it's an offensive prop. Ooh. Or, or kind of. I'm taking <laughs> over three and a half rebounds at around minus 130. Okay. Now, you might be wondering why I would pick Dort rebounds, so hear me out. He's recorded at least four rebounds in each of the last five games, and he's recorded at least four rebounds in eight of the last nine games. Yet the, yet the number's currently set at three and a half. Played against Utah once this season. Recorded six rebounds in 30 minutes. Played against Utah twice last season. He averaged 4.5 rebounds per game. This is a mix between him just being a, an underrated rebound guy compared to this current number and the fact that against Utah, he's really kind of just taken it to heart, especially against Gobert and company, that he's got to help his teammates on the glass because Gobert is so good on the boards. Yeah. Of course, with a spread like this, you might get a blowout where you might end up getting buried and Dort only plays 20-something minutes. But with no Gildas Alexander as well, that's about five rebounds that are now available up for grabs. So I do think that Dort has a good opportunity to go over this number. It's mostly just the concept. You have a guy who's been consistently getting four for the last two weeks, and you set the number at three and a half. I'm going to take the over regardless of who they're playing. Yeah, I think the the, the thing that you mentioned right there that SGA is not going to be playing tonight, so that opens up more rebounding opportunities. But he's also getting the minutes played. I mean, despite them being blown out, he's been playing 30 at minimum, at least 30 points, uh, sorry, 30 minutes per game for the uh, OKC Thunder and three and well, a half. He's, argue, he's probably their best player when when SGA doesn't play, which tells you, A, how bad the Thunder are, and B, <laughs> it's good for Dort because with SGA out, I don't know how long you can keep him on the bench if you want to keep the game hypothetically close. Yeah, I'd be curious to see his points and rebounds here for tonight. But that three and a half, again, that's a great find, especially for a guy that's been consistently doing it almost every single night over this past couple of weeks here. So let me see if I can find that. I don't think that it might be a sweat because he's not the guy who's going to give you seven rebounds. He's not that kind of guy. But when you're putting up at least four most of the time and you have good numbers against an opponent when it comes to an aspect of the game for the last year and a half, yeah. I do think that has some merit. And against Utah, for whatever reason, he's been very solid on the glass compared to the three and a half total. Yeah, I mean, even at that small four position, Utah's allowing about 9.7 rebounds to that small four position. So, I mean, we're not asking him to get double figures. We're only asking him to get four here tonight. So, uh, definitely on to something there for sure uh, for Luke Dort tonight against the Utah Jazz. Uh, for my last one, I will go over to that Pistons and the uh, – God, I forgot who they're playing tonight. Uh it Pistons doesn't matter who they're playing. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're going to get killed, but sure. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Jeremy Grant over 18 and a half points. Um, you know, Grant was the darling last season for the NBA Slack channel, and I'm going to go back to him tonight. Uh, Pistons are dealing with a few injuries. I mean, Killian Hayes is out. He's been their starting point guard. Obviously, Isaiah Stewart sort of doing that second uh, game suspension. Um, but Grant has come on a little bit for the Pistons here, and he needs to pro provide that scoring for them tonight if they want any chance of even covering this game tonight. So, uh, Grant has scored 19 or more points in five out of the last six games in the last matchup against the Bucks back on November 2nd. Grant scored 21 points for the Bucks in just 21 minutes. But again, that was without Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, but I think that he should be able to score points tonight uh, for the Pistons. Um, not very many options scoring-wise. I mean, yeah, we talked about Cade. Um, after that, who's really scoring the basketball? That you have uh, Sadiq Bay, but I think Jeremy Grant should be able to be that leading scorer here tonight. Not asking him to do too much here to get 19 points, so I think he should be able to get that. And I'll give a bonus pick as a guy 
that we talked about earlier for rookie of the year award. Um, Kate Cunningham over four and a half assists for this game tonight. Uh, Bucks are struggling defending that point guard position. I know Drew Holiday missed a lot of the season early on, so his numbers might be, you know, a little inflated for that point guard position, but they're allowing 9.6 assists to opposing point guards. And Kate has gone over this number in five straight games um, for the Pistons uh, as that point guard in that starting role. So uh, I'll give a bonus one out of over four and a half assists for Cade uh, tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, take this with a grain of salt because the spread is so big. We might get into some blowout territory here and um, props go to die. Like John likes to say uh, in blowout situations, but uh, I like those two for tonight uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. The thing about Grant is that a, he's been very good pretty much for the last year and a half, but people yeah. forgot how good he was. And over the last week and change, he's been very solid. But when you're looking at a backcourt of Kate Cunningham and Corey Joseph, there's not many shot attempts going on between that backcourt. Yeah. Cade's been shooting a little bit because somebody has to, mm-hmm. but you really have no, I'd say alpha on the team in terms of just aggressively pursuing their shot yeah. besides Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. So I think the volume alone if the game's close and if he plays 30 plus minutes, there's a decent chance he might attempt 20 plus shots because you look at the Pistons, especially late in games when they're doing absolutely nothing. I don't know what the offensive game plan is in the fourth quarter of these games, but it seems like everyone is kind of just sitting around or just waiting for somebody to go one-on-one and try to beat their man. Yeah. Jeremy Grant's that guy for this team. So I do think when push comes to shove, he'll be the go-to guy down the stretch in games, which is going to definitely help you out with the volume that he should be getting moving forward. Yeah, again, like the only scary part is is that, you know, it, it might be blowout territory. But, I mean, yeah. they, they were competitive last night against the Miami Heat. I mean, they were leading for, I want to say, three-fourths of that game. He played 35 minutes, got up 17 shots. The Pistons uh, have that Pelicans in them where they're competitive for about two and a half quarters. Yeah. And then everything hits the fan <laughs> and they just fall apart dramatically in the final 12 minutes. So against the Lakers, LeBron yeah. got ejected. They're coasting to a win. And then the Lakers erase. I forgot what it was a 19 point deficit. I think in the second half, like they just, the Pistons, I get that they're a young team. Mm-hmm. Can Dwayne Casey do something because you've been around for a long time. Can you try to orchestrate some type of play in the fourth quarter? Yeah, they were, uh, what, seven points in that uh, halftime against the Lakers. And but then, then they opened it up in the third quarter, they, and they yeah. fell apart in the fourth. Yeah, fourth quarter is another story the way they got outscored 37-17. to 17. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's uh, closer than uh, – this is another close game for the Pistons tonight, so we can uh, I, I can catch these uh, player props. Scott, let's take one last final break here, bud. We'll come back. We'll get some final thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up with a best bet for tonight's action. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. Slick app and fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is because they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get into some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com SGPN. Have you heard about price picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Price Picks has 
the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All, your, all new users that deposit and use promo code SGP will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick 2-5 to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected number. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, guys. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web, app, web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see what hit the most or see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want. As long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBed.io, that's SoBed.io today to join the revolution. The SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, uh, Scott, let's start with uh, your best bet for tonight's uh, player props. So for this one, I'm going to go back to the one that I actually gave out last. I was kind of contemplating between the middle one and the last one because I do like both. But I'm going with Lou Dort for okay. three and a half rebounds. That number's just too low. I'm going to take the value every time I can get it. But I already mentioned the numbers. He's been walking into four rebounds every game for the last five games, eight of the last nine. Utah, he's faced once, had six rebounds in 30 minutes. And with SGA out, I'm expecting him to play a lot. Now, are they going to get blown out? Probably. I'm not going to go out here and say that Utah is not potentially going to win this game by 30, but I do think that even if they are going to be up by a decent amount in the third quarter, I do think that Dort's still going to play a decent amount because as you mentioned before, even with blowouts, which Oklahoma City is accustomed to at this point because they get killed half the time, Dort's still playing 30 minutes a game, give or take. But with SGA out, I do expect them to really rely on him to be on the court frequently three and a half, just a number that shouldn't be there. It should be four and a half because of the numbers he's put up lately on the glass. Yeah. I got to take the over because it's just sitting there and I got to take it. I like it, man. Again, you know, we're asking him to get four rebounds. I think that's the thing that I really like. It's that 
the market the market hasn't accounted for like they're not going to account for Luke Dorton. They're going to keep on bringing up that same number at three and a half. So uh, hopefully he can get that done, hopefully by halftime, uh, so he can catch that bet. For my uh, best bet, I'm going to go DeAndre Ayton. I see a 26 and a half. I, get, I said 27 and a half earlier, so that's even better. So make sure to shop around for this. Points and rebounds for uh, DeAndre Ayton tonight over 26 and a half. I think that for all the reasons that I mentioned, that the Cavs interior defense just has not been good. Uh, Ayton has been a monster on the boards also, so – um, you know, hopefully he has a, you know, 16, 15 night tonight, or maybe even a, you know, 20 point night. And, and, you know, he's able to get double digit rebounds and cash this one fairly easy. So that'll be my best bet. DeAndre Aiden over 26 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts maybe for tonight or anything overall going on in the NBA that we may have missed? Well, this is more spread related, not exactly prop related, but there are a couple of really, really big spreads tonight. Yeah. Whether you would talk about anything, I'd say seven or above. You can talk about the fact that Golden State's playing against a Philly team that might have nobody in the lineup once again. If Washington on the road against New Orleans, that spreads a little bit lower, but Milwaukee's playing against Detroit. Chicago's playing against Houston. I, I know that it's difficult to lay that many points, especially on the road in this mm-hmm. league. Is it as difficult as people think it is? Because a lot of these teams are insanely terrible. Yeah, And I feel like just because they're at home, people get scared off by fading these teams. They're bad no matter where they go. I gave my best bet as the Bulls on the road just today against the Rockets. Like, Really? You're fading a team that's lost, what is it, 16 in a row right now? Like, why is this number nine? Like, I don't, I don't know. More? If like, Caruso plays defensively, they'll wake up. But you know that after the no-show against Indiana, they should be focused for this game. It's exactly. Just, it's another spot where I feel like it's not really prop-related, but in general, the odds makers try to factor in a home court advantage like it's the same for every team. It's not. If you're in Houston and you are going to a Rockets game, are you going to see like 20 people there? Because why would anyone – be sprinting out the front door to watch this team play. They're awful. They play terrible basketball. You mean Jalen Green doesn't excite you to go watch a game? Uh, I think Jalen Green's fun. Uh, Christian Wood, you know, whatever. But when you're consistently scoring 90 points in a full game and you're getting run out in the third quarter, I don't really know if home court is even worth two points for the Rockets, but everything's factored in the same. I will say this, that tickets are absolutely dirt, dirt, dirt cheap. And that's a should be. statement. <laughs> and they should be, right? But I, to defend the Rock, I think mean, there's some fun young talent. But just, yeah, watching them play night, it's very, very fun. Well, it's not just the Rockets. I mean, we talked about the Hornets yeah, and Magic. Yeah. You yeah. think people really want to see this Magic team with no Cole Anthony that just trailed by 41 at halftime to Milwaukee? Yeah. Of course not. No. So maybe it's just my perception of home court advantage in the NBA. Because they're professionals. It's not like college where you're going into a very hostile environment every time you play. Yeah. But in the NBA, when you're all professionals, you've been there, done that before. And a lot of these teams, whether you're at home or on the road, are just awful at basketball. Yeah. Then I think that home court advantage is inflated in the betting markets just because of perception as opposed to reality. Last thoughts I want to get from you before we wrap it up here. Brooklyn going into Boston tonight as a one-point favorite. Which way are you leaning? Because I know you're the Brooklyn fan. I'm not taking the Nets. Uh, I think you're that not. Boston's okay. played well lately. Jalen Brown's back, which definitely helps. But the Nets have been a team that has got – they've gotten by. Now the record's good, 
do they look great all the time? No, they seem to struggle in the fourth quarter late in games because they go very isocentric yeah. with Harden offensively. And that's been a mess in itself, but Patty Mills has been good. Durant's one of the favorites to win MVP. He's been very good. Yeah. But I do think that Boston has some pieces that could give the Nets problems. Now, uh, you're talking about Robert Williams, who has been injured lately, but he played last game at 15 rebounds. Yeah. The Nets can't rebound the ball. And Marcus Aldridge has been great. He's coming off the bench. Blake Griffin's useless. No offense to you, Blake but you have really been awful this season. I don't really know what you're doing out there. And Paul Millsap's undersized. He doesn't play that much, but you're relying on James Johnson to give you some strong minutes off the bench at this point in the season. Boston has enough wings to score with this Nets team. Yeah. But on the glass with Horford and with Williams, I think they're going to clean up on the board. So I actually like Boston in this spot. Why is Robert Williams rebounding at eight and a half at plus 110 uh, because of potential foul trouble and the fact that against Harden and Durant you're gonna have constant pick and roll switches That's so true. you might have to bring him away from the basket but I'm still traumatized by the nine block game in the playoffs last year so I know <laughs> Williams is capable of doing great things against this team especially when you're being checked by Blake Griffin or Marcus Aldridge half the time yeah but I do think Robert Williams should have a pretty good game I do think that Horford has been very underrated for this Boston team. Yeah. But I got to give props to the Celtics because whether Jalen Brown was there or not, defensively they ramped it up. And they have a gear that I don't think the Nets have. But I do think that late in games, the Nets can get a little bit, let's just say, iso-dependent. Now the Celtics can too, so that's kind of the, the red flag there. But you're talking about in the garden. I'm going to go with Boston. I think that line seems a little bit short. Hmm. You? Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth on this game. Um, we kind of swore that we weren't going to bet on Boston early on in the season just because they were bad. But Yeah, we waited it out. They've kind of righted the ship yeah, a little Yeah, bit. they've kind of uh, figured things out, especially because they had a new head coach and that guy's in and out of the lineup. But, um, yeah, definitely one of the more exciting games tonight on the NBA schedule. But – that will wrap it up for the Wednesday edition of the PropCast. Again, 13 games on the schedule tonight. So definitely enjoy the basketball um, tonight, wherever you are watching. Scott, uh, thank you so much for joining me and let the people know uh, what you're working on and where they can find you, man. So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio, uh, one word on Twitter. Besides that, doing a lot of either articles for SGPN I'm doing a bunch of podcast editing going to be on the NBA gambling podcast on Friday. So looking forward to that. Besides that, got a lot of recording to do personally because I have a daily show where I go through uh, the, just a daily card going through college football as well on the weekends and the NFL for Thanksgiving. We decided to do three shows in one day. So I'm going to be busy recording for pretty much the entire afternoon, which I'm looking forward to. Besides that, though, just happy that we're almost around the holidays. Thanksgiving right around the corner. A lot of great sports going on. I'm happy to be able to sit down with some turkey in my hand or probably in my stomach already and just watching overall games. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, as we wrap up this weekend and we get into Thanksgiving tomorrow. So uh, definitely enjoy the turkey, enjoy the sports. Uh, like we talked about college football, college basketball, NBA, 
NFL all going on uh, as we get into the holiday season. I mean, Bears Lions. How can you not be excited about the holidays? I will definitely be up at 8 a.m. getting my breakfast ready to watch that. uh, Pre-gaming Andy Dalton's revenge tour. Yes. Just, Just, yeah. Definitely will be up early for that game for sure. Um, Scott, thank you so much for joining me. We will uh, reconnect on the NBA Gambling Podcast on Friday. So we will recap what we saw tonight and we'll uh, recap our player props on that show too also. So uh, definitely check us out there. Um, Like Scott Scott said, uh, so much happening with fantasy football on the the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So make sure to get over the website, download the app, just go to SGPN app on your app store or your Google play store. And make sure to have the app. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We will be back on Friday for the NBA gambling podcast and the PropCast for uh, not only NBA, but also NFL week uh, 12. So talk to you guys then have a happy Thanksgiving and let it ride.